Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Believe it or not, it's 2020. Golly, that sounds like it's in the future somewhere, doesn't it? But we're still here, still uh, burning fossil fuels, still uh, with greedy corporations that are keeping the bulk of us uh, in the poorhouse, relatively speaking. Well, uh, there's a few things I wanted to talk about. Again, I'm going to do this without the benefit of a script, although there is one poem I'm going to read. But I wanted to talk about a few things uh, that uh, influenced me somewhat. I got an email from Michael Moore, the uh, filmmaker, uh, about uh, his new podcast, um, which I can't remember the name of it <laughs> now. Uh, but it's encouraging people to become involved. And uh, he's uh, just, he goes on and on in his podcast talking about uh, how oh, things and the government are really getting off course, uh, why the United States doesn't have nearly as good a, an education or healthcare system as other countries, and uh, how the country is generally going down the tubes. And uh, I was struck by this because he said he's uh, going to hold off from making his documentary movies for a while and just concentrate on this podcast, which is designed to get people to get involved. It sort of reminds me of the movie network where this broadcaster said, uh, there's a lot of things wrong in this world and I don't know how to fix them, but the first thing I know is that you need to get mad. So I want you to go to your window, open your window and shout as loud as you can. I'm mad as hell and I'm not gonna take it anymore. And uh, that was uh, the soundbite from that film that uh, we all remember if we saw the movie Network. And so that's basically what Michael Moore is saying. He's uh, saying that we've got to get mad and, and rally. Um, and he's of the opinion that if we rally, that's going to change things. A long time ago, in like 1969, I was working for a small company called JP Productions in Hollywood, and I heard that there was going to be a anti-Vietnam War march in Los Angeles down Wilshire Boulevard to MacArthur Park. And so I borrowed a, an Aeroflex 16-millimeter camera. It was a silent camera meaning it didn't record the audio. And uh, I, I think I shot maybe a couple of 100-foot uh, rolls, and so the camera was really small that way without the big 400-foot magazine. And so I uh, walked along this march and shot pic pictures of people in the march, and they kind, of, they kind of were all having a good time. One scene even shows a bunch of older ladies and their... They're holding a flower pot and uh, just, you know, kind of smiling and walking. And then there was uh, all kinds of weird stuff. There was some guy who was, was famous back then for always dressing in a military uniform. And he had like little uh, 
fighter jet models on his uh, applets or whatever they're called. And, he, you know, he, he was just kind of crazy, and he was always running around with a tennis racket and swinging that around. And so he ended up in the movie, too. Also, I was able to uh, u- utilize some leftover stock footage that wasn't used in a film we made for the Christian Children's Fund. And uh, it was very uh, various war scenes, uh, including one famous shot from World War II of a little baby at a train station just sitting down, and uh, nobody is around him. He's just out there by himself in a train station that's been pretty bombed out. And uh, and so I uh, I put a bunch of stuff, you know, when you see the baby, there's a baby crying. And when some of the people are marching in the march, I had the sound effect of soldiers marching. And then at the end, the, there's a atomic bomb. Uh, and uh, anyway, the film, uh, it won some minor award in Australia. <laughs> and uh, the film was called Peace Beat, or How to Stop a War Without Trying Anything Much. And that was my take on that experience. Um, that, that march didn't change any minds in the Pentagon uh, or result in any peace movements or anything like that. And so it was an exercise of uh, futility, if, if you want my opinion about that, and so thus the film's title. And so uh, I wish Michael Moore well in his podcast. Um, he doesn't really say in it exactly what to do, but he is uh, encouraging people to get together, you know, and have a, a voice. He also mentioned that having a, a voice in a podcast, which is very easy to do, it's, it's your, your voice is sort of lost in the noise. That's how he puts it, in the noise. And noise is what a lot of podcasting is. Uh, just like this one. It's just me speaking and talking about my feelings and stuff. And, uh, you know, there might be a few people that listen to it, but it won't matter what I say unless uh, the President of the United States hears it and totally gets on the bandwagon with me as far as my feelings are concerned. And so I think uh, our, our forefathers had a, a, a great concept with forming the nation. They decided that instead of having a nation with a king or a dictator where nobody has, the, has any say or any freedoms, really, it's all based on what the king decides is best for everybody, they said, no, let's not do that. Let's uh, have a president that's... Uh, um, voted upon by the people and uh, various representatives and and all of this stuff and let there be freedom of speech. And so that led to a point where, uh, and I think they knew this in advance, that if, if freedom of speech was allowed in the United States, there would be so many voices 
so many opinions that differed from one another that they would just cancel themselves out. And I think that in large is uh, what has happened. You know, if there's somebody that says the sky is blue, there'll be somebody else that says the sky is orange. Uh, it doesn't matter what somebody believes, somebody else will say that's bullshit and it's not the case. And so I think uh, because we have freedom of speech, all of our noise, as Michael Moore puts it, is just left out in the air and uh, it's, it's said, but it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It seems like you need to uh, blow up something or walk around naked or something to be noticed in the news. And uh, so it's unfortunate that uh, those steps have to be taken in a world where we have so much noise. Another thing that uh, happened recently uh, is uh, there was a one-hour special about Alex Trebek and uh, the game show Jeopardy, which has been on since 1984. I didn't realize it was that old. And this, uh, this hour-long documentary was uh, very well done, and it dealt uh, a lot about Alex Trebek's um, diagnosis of pancreatic cancer and uh, how he's dealing with that. And I was most impressed uh, about his attitude. Uh, he knows that pancreatic cancer, the stage that, that it's in with him, is uh, almost always terminal. And so he knows he's going to die. And uh, yet he, he wants to keep on working. He doesn't want to stay home and just vegetate. He's going to be a, the type of person who's going to die with his boots on and, uh, you know, just keep on doing it until he absolutely can't stand it or he just falls over dead. And so I really uh, admire that. And uh, it brings to mind a lot of thoughts. I'm 74, and... For you young folks out there, death is the furthest thing from your mind, and you think it's never going to happen to you. When you're 25 or 30, you, you can't imagine being 75. That is just so far off, it's uh, something you don't even think about. But now that I'm 74, and the average age for an American male is 78 years, golly, that's coming up pretty soon. Hopefully I'll live past 78 because I have healthy genes and my mother is still alive and she'll be 99 in this, this September. And so uh, a lot of uh, time these days, as far as I'm concerned, is spent just thinking about stuff uh, because my edit, video editing business is not very busy. And, um, you know... I don't have children. Well, I have children, but they have their own kids, and they're taking care of that. So my work is done there, and um, I feel like I'm just sitting around collecting Social Security and uh, stuff, and I have just enough to live on. and And uh, I'm fortunate to have a fairly uh, good life. I'm overweight, so that's a big issue. Plus, I have diabetes. 
uh, all being controlled by pills and stuff. And uh, so I, I could be better and I could be thinner, but the fact that I'd have to eat stuff that tastes like crap and be starving and run around like a idiot and sweat uh, are just two horrendous things I just don't want to be doing for the balance of my life. I'm going to read one thing, and I wrote it two years ago, maybe three, and uh, I, little, I did a little doodle animation with this, um, but I'm just going to read it to you. And it's uh, called uh, Feeling Down. Feeling Down by me. Do you ever have days when you feel kind of down, when you don't wear a smile but instead wear a frown, when your mental capacity is down in a ditch and you question the reason of why you exist? There's nothing that I feel much like doing. My brain cells are lazy and probably booing. I've lived seven decades and I am quite tired. Good golly, I wish that I could feel wired. No need for adventure, I just shine my glasses. I've even got tired of pursuing old asses. It's silly to dream that I'd still find romance. The fire's now totally gone from my pants. It's sad when one knows that he wouldn't be missed, that he has no more goals and he can't even piss. My body is falling apart and I scream, is this just some joke, a mischievous scheme? I know God is real and that he hears my cries. So some comfort I take as I realize my time may be up quite soon, I'm afraid, and I will succumb to the plan God has made. Lord, I do trust you, but still I have fears, for I have no clue of your plan for my years. It's just hard sometimes to not look ahead and wonder exactly how it is to be dead. But into your hands I give me to you. I know that you'll know the right thing to do. I hope you'll forgive me for having these worries. I'm ready, my Lord, but please don't hurry. My mom actually told me a number of times, you know, I don't know why I'm still here. Uh, she basically has hung it up. You know, her, her memory is so terrible she can't remember much of anything. She's forgotten even how to call me. Uh, she used to call me quite often, but now I'm, I, call, I still call her once a week. And it's the same conversation over and over again, but at least she knows who I am, so she doesn't have Alzheimer's to a serious degree. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Uh, I, uh, I hope that this is a great 2020 for all the rest of you. Uh, there's a lot to think about when a person is retired. Uh, I, I'm really struck by Alex Trebek, and I feel just like him. I, I don't want to ever stop working. I want to uh, uh, feel as though I'm useful and uh, productive in some little way. And uh, this podcast is one of those ways. So this is uh, 
January 3rd, 2020. One take of a recording, and uh, I'll add some music to this. And I wish you all a very wonderful 2020, and may you have lots of joy in your life.